Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 11 of Revelation chapter 13. We'll begin reading verse 7 into verse 8. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints, and to overcome them. And power was given him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb, slain from the foundation of the world. Now, last time we were looking at verse 7, and we saw that once again, God is taking responsibility, full responsibility. These things are happening because it was given to Satan to be able to have the power, the authority, to be able to speak these blasphemous things, to be able to make war and overcome the saints and and to win finally against the church to take his seat as the man of sin in in the temple showing himself that he is God to stand as the abomination of desolation in the holy place the these things were not done because of uh, Satan's own power but because God gave it to him and God further stresses and emphasizes this at the end of verse 7. And power was given him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. And, and again, notice that word given. The Lord does not want us to miss this. Uh, these things are not done for any reason except they are according to the purpose and will of God. The perfect will of God. The things that that are happening in this world at this time, the things that have been happening in the church, are not uh, out-of-control events, but they are according to the perfect will of God. They are fulfilling Scripture. And, and so we need to have, of course, the, the right attitude and outlook upon these things. And if we look at it in the right way, and we see that God's hand in it is in these things, and, and this has all been done as God desired and willed for it to be done, then we can find comfort and we can find encouragement. And, and, uh, yes, the world is, is just tremendously wicked. We don't find comfort and encouragement in that. But in God's will being accomplished, where the child of God always, uh, desires to see that happen. Alright, let's look at verse 8 now. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship Him whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb, slain from the foundation of the world. All 
that dwell upon the earth shall worship him. And him is referring to the beast, not God. And notice there are no exceptions. It's not most people. It's not all that are in the churches. But it's all that dwell upon the earth. All of the unsaved people, the inhabitants of the earth, will worship him. And we know it's only the unsaved that God is talking about because he goes on to explain whose names are not written in the book of life. And the names that are written in the book of life are the elect, those predestinated to obtain salvation, those that Jesus died for and whose sins he paid for. They are not going to worship the beast. Uh, Remember what we read in Revelation 15. In uh, I'll start reading in verse 1. And I saw another sign in heaven, great and marvelous, seven angels having the seven last plagues, for in them is filled up the wrath of God. And I saw as it were a sea of glass mingled with fire, and them that had gotten the victory over the beast, and over his image, and over his mark, and over the number of his name, stand on the sea of glass, having the harps of God. Now these are the elect, and and um, they're actually the great multitude that have gotten the victory over the beast. Remember, we saw last time that the Lord Jesus upon the white horse in Revelation 19, and his army also upon horses defeated the beast, and and that was picturing Judgment Day, which we are presently in. And the defeat uh, was sudden. On May 21, 2011, the beast was defeated. And his armies were defeated. And now God's people, the saints, those that are in view in Revelation 15, 2, are living on the earth in the day of judgment soon in Revelation 15 and into chapter 16. The seven messengers, who can only be the true believers, will come out of the temple and they will go forth carrying the seven last vials full of the last plagues. And and that is the information from the Bible concerning Judgment Day that God's people are currently sharing with the world in order to feed sheep, but also... God commands, publish these things, testify against Babylon that she has fallen. And so uh, obediently the people of God are starting to share this information. And in so doing, these vials are being poured out upon the earth. And the, the important thing is that they had gotten the victory. They weren't defeated by the beast, but they had gotten the victory. And they did not worship the beast. And here, again, in verse 8, All that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb. And when people just are totally and completely given up to sin, when when mankind develops theories such as evolution, 
that do away with God, that deny the truth of the Bible, when it makes uh, atheism an idea that is more and more accepted, and when mankind says that it knows best and has greater wisdom concerning matters of life and death, Yes, it's no problem at all. You you can terminate your pregnancy. You can abort your fetus. Notice how they avoid the word baby. But the reality is that is leading mothers and doctors and and nurses to kill children and and to murder them. And it's leading governments to endorse murder. This is the horrors that have come upon the world as the world and all the unsaved wicked of the world do service to the beast in many manifold ways. And and those in the church serve the beast as they continue to worship in congregations that God has commanded ought to have been disbanded and God commanded his people to come out of. And yet there they are. They They continue to insist, oh no, we know better. We know better. God is with us, and yet it is worship of the beast. Even though the beast has been put down and deposed, yet his image was set up, and that image became the church. And so all that dwell upon the face of the earth in one way or another, as more and more people are accepting of the idea of homosexual marriage, that a man can rightfully and and with all good conscience marry another man or a woman marry another woman and it it's fine oh this is a wonderful thing we're making progress and, and we're evolving and there's nothing good about it there's no certainly any progress towards goodness or or towards that which is right it is deterioration it is falling away in blindness from even understanding basic morality that that the world has typically throughout its history understood. And that's why for thousands of years of Earth's history, there has been no such thing as we find in these last couple of decades of men marrying men and women marrying women and obtaining rights as as though uh, this is fine and and there's nothing wrong with it well according to society according to worldly governments there may not be anything wrong to it they can make whatever laws they want but according to the law of god and the bible well there's there's nothing right with it it's all wrong it is taking that which is evil and calling it good it is going contrary and doing the opposite of what the Bible says. And that is service and worship to the beast. And and that's why this statement is made. And we've witnessed this bowing down to Satan, uh, to the father of lies, and in so many ways. Well, uh, l- let's take a look at um, the Lamb's Book of Life, as it goes on to say, whose names are not written, their their names are not written, not found in that book of uh, the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. And um, let, let's take a look at some references to this mysterious book 
that's being referred to in Daniel chapter 12. Daniel 12. It says in verse in verse uh, 1 of Daniel 12. And at that time shall Michael stand up the great prince which standeth for the children of thy people and there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation even to that same time. And at that time thy people shall be delivered everyone that shall be found written in the book. And uh, that that's, a, uh, of course, uh, again, a reference to God's elect. Now, when we, we read the Bible, we find that God did something uh, amazing before the world was. It says in Ephesians chapter 1, in verse... Um, I'll start reading in verse 3. Ephesians 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. Isn't the Bible astounding? Isn't it amazing that God can just make a couple of statements and and give uh, to us so much information concerning things that no man would ever be able to learn. No one in this world knows what God has done in eternity past. No one knows. Um, we don't know anything about anything when it comes to spiritual matters unless God opens up our understanding and reveals himself and reveals the things he has done. And here he has done that with these incredible statements that before the foundation of the world, he predestinated certain ones to the adoption of children by Jesus Christ. And why did he choose only certain ones? And we know he he didn't choose everyone. Revelation 13 verse 8 tells us, that all will worship him who dwell upon the face of the earth, whose names are not written in a Lamb's book of life slain from the foundation of the world. That that means they were not chosen. They were not predestinated to receive salvation. And, and why did God choose some and not others? As he explains elsewhere, Jacob have I loved, but Esau I hated. And the, the only reason the Bible gives us is found in Ephesians 5.1 that it was done according to the good pleasure of his will. He had to choose some. Well, he didn't have to, but since he determined to uh, uh, obtain a people for himself, he then had to choose that people. And when he looked at mankind, he saw none righteous, no, not one, none were good, all were filthy, dirty, rotten sinners, none deserving 
of salvation, none deserving of eternal life, none uh, that that had done any good to merit it, not a one. And that's what he saw when he looked into the the corridors of time or looked down the corridors of time throughout all history. He didn't see a single good person following mankind's fall into sin. And, and therefore, if it were based on merit, if it were based on our own works, then we would all be destroyed. None would have become saved. But due to God's desire to have a people that were created in His image and, and also to put on display His wonderful attributes of love and grace and mercy and and his, the justice of his law and so forth, the Lord determined, well, I'll save a people and, and, and I'll do it by grace. Uh, for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves, not of works, lest any should boast, but it would be based only and exclusively on the work of the Lord Jesus Christ upon his faith. And God would make the selection. And there he had twins, Jacob and Esau. And, and they were forming together in their mother's womb. But even before they were, they, they, they were formed, before they were conceived, God had already made choice before the world was to save Jacob. Jacob have I loved. And not to save Esau, but Esau I hated. And with that choice, it is as though God is writing Jacob's name down in his book of life of the Lamb slain, and he is not recording Esau's name. And, and, and of course, uh, obviously, there's no literal book. This is a figure of speech the Bible uses to teach us of, of what God has done, and we can understand that. We... We uh, who are finite and of limited in intelligence and limited ability, it would be necessary for us to, uh, in order to remember, to write all the names in a book. And, and, and so God just helps us. He condescends to us and our limitations. By using this picture, there is a book. And, and I know everyone that would ever be born, everyone that would be conceived and uh, no matter when they would die if they would die um, at 120 years old or if they would die as an aborted child I know every single one of them and I know their names and so I have determined to save Jacob and then save David and then save Abraham and then save um Joseph and, and on and on and on. And then, of course, many, many names of people we don't know who are not found in the Bible. And, and, and God recorded them in his infinite mind. He'll never forget them. The Lord Jesus Christ, from the foundation of the world, died for them. Uh, uh, in our next study, we'll, we'll take a look at the, last part of the phrase, the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. So there would never be any mistake, any forgetting, any um, 
misplacing of one of the names that, of course, uh, people could do, but not God, not the brilliant God of the Bible, not the God who uh, is from everlasting to everlasting and who uh, knows everything about everything that is in the whole spectrum of existence, which is between those two uh, points from everlasting to everlasting. God knows everything about all in, in between. And, and, uh, which is incredible. How enormous is the, the mind of God to, uh, to contain just the names? Uh, if you could think about it, the billions and billions of names of people that have lived in the past, that are presently living, and even ones to be born, God knows all the names of everyone, and, and He's able to process all these things and to know, all right, in this generation, I have these certain ones who will be born in these families and live in these cities and countries, and I must get the gospel to them. And, 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 and over here at this time, I don't have anyone. So there's no need to get the gospel to them. And that this would be during the day of salvation. Just incredible. The, uh, amount of information that is within the person of God that he processes um, constantly and, and well well uh, let, let's keep looking we, we can stand in wonder and all at 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 many uh, facets of God's being but let's move on in Philippians chapter 4 in Philippians 4. It says in verse 3, And I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, help those women which labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and with other my fellow laborers, whose names are in the book of life. The the book of life, that Lamb's book of life. How, um, how wonderful if our name is, is found written in the book of life. That means we will live forevermore. We will never die. We we have been chosen by God, not for anything in us. It's all by grace. It's all according to God's good pleasure. But uh, we can thank the Lord and lift up his name on high that he has thought of us, that that he has known us uh, before the world even began. He knew you and I, if, if we're elect, if our names are recorded in that book, he has always known us. No wonder the Bible speaks of God's thoughts towards his people as so numerous that uh, they are more than the sand of the sea. L- let me read that, because that um, is actually a true statement. Uh, this is this is true concerning how often and how much God has thought about each one of the people that he's saved. In Psalm 139, it says... Um, in uh, in verse 15, my substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret 
and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. And this is referring to the whole body of the elect that were wrought in Christ as he descended into the heart of the lowest part of the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect, and in thy book all my members were written. That's speaking of the body of Christ as God likens all of the elect, the the sum total, to one body, and and we have different members. And, And so this is referring to the Lamb's book of life, which in continuance were fashioned when as yet there was none of them. That is, God determined before the foundation of the world who he would save, so he um, it, he fashioned the body, yet there was none of them, because none had yet been born, none had yet been redeemed, and had uh, salvation applied to them. And then in verse 17, How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God! How great is the sum of them! If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with thee. We can see why this is. Why God has spent so many thoughts upon us. Because he has been thinking this salvation program through before the world began. And, and, and so he began thinking. He uh, knew who would be born. And he made choice, he predestinated us, and and, and uh, therefore he began thinking about us. It was as though he wrote our names down in the Lamb's Book of Life. And then as history unfolded and, and time began, and then time began to pass from generation to generation, God was constantly on the watch, constantly on the lookout for those who he had uh, ordained and predetermined to salvation. And he was watching everything um, with with deep concern regarding them. He had to protect them. They couldn't die before they heard the word and became saved. He, he had to watch out for them. And then finally he had to bring the word to them and save them. And, and oh, such care, such love such constant um, concern for the elect of God. That's what uh, salvation is. That That's what the Bible teaches us uh, uh, of, of ever-present God, ever, ever watching, ever looking out for those people that he has chosen to salvation. But that's not the case with the wicked. It's not the situation with the unsaved whose names are not written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.